Bev and I are big fans of checklists and continue to better plan ahead for each season change on our farms. That's why we want to encourage you to start thinking about how you need to keep your farm animals cozy in cooler weather, especially in emergency situations. Sweeter heaters are infrared radiant heat panels that use a carbon heating element instead of bulbs. There's a built-in snap action cutout that will turn the unit off automatically in case of an accident and the heater lands face down where heat isn't allowed to escape. It will not reach the flashpoint of setting bedding on fire, which is always a concern with heat lamps. Sweeter Heater is also fully sealed, which means easy and safe cleaning, and the product is backed by a three-year warranty. Sweeter Heater products are not just for the farm. They can be found in animal rescues, veterinarian clinics, and hospitals, and major zoos. So go to SweeterHeater.com and use code DRINKINFARM to get 15% off one or more heaters. That's SweeterHeater.com with code DRINKINFARM, all lowercase. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? So I made myself a beautiful tea out of the hops that you sent. And I put my tea inside a cute little... uh, Nessie! It's my my Loch Ness Monster tea diffuser. But there's hops, bee pollen, and chamomile in here. And it's actually really delicious i'm a fan so if anyone's looking for a cool tea combination give that a try (laughs) i'm so glad it's not gross because i i mean i still haven't done that myself yet but yeah i'm so glad it doesn't taste gross (laughs) no it just it just tastes earthy i like it (laughs) nice so what did you open over there so i opened a blake's hard cider Apple pie. Mm. Um, I first tried this at the Luke Bryan concert we went to about, well, it'd be about two weeks ago now that this episode has dropped and it felt like I was eating pie in the middle of a field. Nice. Because this concert was the farm tour. So we were parked in a hay field with 20,000 other people and then across the oh road and the other hay field was the big setup with everything. So, yeah, which is a little trippy to be around, like, that many people because I haven't been around that many people since, like, pre-COVID. And yeah. that pre-COVID concert was, like, 80,000 people. So this felt like a good baby step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just 20,000. Sure. That's all. <laughs> But yeah, highly recommend this for your tailgating if you're going to football games because college and NFL is back or, you know, just in your backyard, too. Super yeah. Fun. Sounds delicious. Yes. Our drink peep this episode is our friend Ashley Kiernan, and she is at Ashley Kiernan over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. All right. So before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode... We wanted to take the time to talk to you about a really fun October contest that we're doing. 
And it's probably the easiest contest that we've done to date. We haven't done one in a while. So we thought it was time. And in honor of us now putting our faces on YouTube for all the world to see as an option to consume our podcast, all you have to do is go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It keeps a list on our back end of who all of the subscribers are. So we'll be able to see your name or your username. And that's how we're going to identify a lucky winner. Love it. So are we going to do anything for the people who have already subscribed and are listening to this? How can we get them to enter? They're automatically entered. Oh, awesome. Okay. Whether they like it or not. (laughs) If you don't like it, I guess you could unsubscribe, but you're not going to want to do that because you're going to get the chance to win a prize from our merch shop. So you'll be able to pick any piece of apparel from our merch shop in November when we draw a winner. And this is fun because we're hoping to release our holiday apparel line around the same time because there were some really crappy shipping issues last year that we want to avoid. So we're not going to wait until Black Friday to drop all of our fun stuff. We're going to try to do that in early November. So you'll have that stuff. You'll have most of the stuff that's in there right now. We have hats. We got sweatshirts. We got zip-up hoodies. We got t-shirts. We got a lot of stuff that you guys are going to want. So that's going to be the grand prize. And we're going to let you pick what you're comfortable in. (laughs) Love it. Ah, And beanies. And beanies. Yes. Or toques. Toques. Yeah. Toques. I said it right. For the Canadians. Yes. (laughs) Toques for the Canadians. You're welcome, Caitlin. (laughs) We cater to our Canadian audience. I wonder if other countries have fun hat names. They have to. Like our Australian listeners. They've got to have a fun name. Someone in Australia has to tell us what a beanie or a toque is in yeah. Australia, because now I'm curious. It's like a sweater, like a jumper. It's called a jumper yeah. in the UK, but it's just a sweater here. Mm. I love language. We love our tangents here, too. So, <laughs> bottom line, go to YouTube. If you type in We Drink and We Farm Things, we're going to come right up. I'd give you the URL, but it's super weird. We'll link to it in the show notes, though, if you want a one-click option. And then smash that subscribe button. You know what? We do right. have an easy link. It's going to be drinkandfarm.com slash YouTube. Ah. And that is going to send to our YouTube channel. Add it to my to-do list. To-do. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me about that later, Sam. <laughs> I will try. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. It does. All right. So I'm pretty excited about today's episode. We've been holding on to this topic for a little while now. I think it's been about a month and a half, two months. I think it was back in August. I saw some of my corn. It looked pretty ready to be picked. I picked it out of the cornfield and was unpleasantly surprised by what looked like it a thing of corn that had been abducted by aliens and put back on the stalk. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> yes. So today we're going to talk about Mexican truffles, a.k.a. corn truffles, a.k.a. corn smut, a.k.a. raven scat. Ooh. But most known as, by the Aztec name, Huitlacoche. I know I'm saying it close to right. Huitlacoche. Some say that that translation is actually sleeping excrement or raven excrement. Regardless, you get the idea. This looks like moldy poop. Mm Mm-hmm. 
on your corn. So we're going to talk about that today because apparently it is a delicacy in some countries, but we're going to talk about what it is actually. You can eat it. So we're going to talk about ways you can prepare it. And if anybody is brave enough to take the leap here, or if you've had it before, please let us know. A great place to do that is in our Facebook group. We drink and we farm things because we want to hear everybody's opinion on this in their experience. <laughs> because now I'm kind of like, man, I shouldn't have thrown it away. Maybe I should have been brave enough to try it. But when I threw it like way far away, I thought it was going to be something really, really bad for my whole corn row. And mm-hmm. I freaked out. But yeah, I guess we'll just jump right into what the heck is Huida La Coche. <laughs> So Wiedelicoche is a fungal disease caused by the fungus Eustilago myidis. Eustilago myidis. I like that pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> Which affects certain varieties of corn plants. And it grows on the ears, and it ultimately ends up consuming all of the kernels. And it looks kind of similar to, like, bumpy, lumpy pebbles. Yeah. It's like a bluish gray color reminds me of jardale pumpkins yes that's what the color reminds me of but the inside of this fungus is very dark and almost black and really interestingly enough my corn smut that i got on my corn was all on the stalk i didn't get any on my ears but i saw some like on the ends like the fringy ends of the stalk as soon as i saw it i'd go snip it off with scissors go throw it as far away as I possibly could. And then I sanitized my scissors because I was afraid of the wind spreading it in my corn. I was super freaked out about it. I was like, no, you can't have my whole cornfield. Yes. (laughs) So while this is a fungal disease in Mexico, corn smut is considered a delicacy and is used in a range of different recipes. It can be hard to reliably grow as it needs a lot of rain. And only grows on organic corn. Oh, cool. So we would be considered organic corn because we probably don't put anything on our corn to make it not organic. (laughs) Many farmers earn extra money if they can grow corn smut on their crop as it can sell for more than the corn it was grown on. Oh, as a cash crop, like a real cash crop. Oh, yes, indeed. (laughs) So, like Bev was saying, corn kernels can swell quite a bit with this, even up to the size of a golf ball. And mine was pretty big. And it mine was hard, so it had been that while for a way. Okay. So, corn smut is loaded with soluble fiber, the amino acid lysine, and the antioxidant anthocyanin. The moist young gulls are collected two to three weeks after the corn becomes infected. So there's a window of opportunity there if you're trying to intentionally do this to your corn. And if it's not harvested, like in my case, it will grow hard and spore-filled looking a smutty dark blue or black. So like I did touch mine even though I didn't know what it was. (laughs) Of course you did. I like knocked on it and it was hard. (laughs) Like, what is this alien corn? (laughs) So the fun thing, too, is that when you cook this, it's going to turn into, like, a tar-like mush, and it turns black. And as Bev was saying, too, that fungus grows on the inside of corn husks and on the outside, so it it can seep in and cause problems. Quidalohoche flourishes when droplets of rain seep into a stalk of corn. And the kernels begin to rot. 
This is going to happen quite often during hot weather between 78 to 93 degrees Fahrenheit or 25 degrees Celsius to 34 for our non-American friends. And it prefers nitrogen-rich soil in dry conditions after the rain. That is super interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. So outside of Mexico, it turns out that corn smut is not really considered desirable. So farmers can use fungicides to prevent it from growing, or you can just destroy infected plants. And there are some strains of seeds that are resistant to the corn fungus. So that is an option too, if growing corn smut isn't your thing. <laughs> so the word huitlacoche is Nahuatl, which is a language used by the Aztecs and one that is still spoken in central Mexico today. Its origins can be traced all the way back to this era and is likely to have been enjoyed even earlier. Corn was a central part of the Aztec diet and growing it had to have inevitably led to corn smut. So rather than waste this fungus, the Aztecs realized it made for a delicious ingredient in its own right. And it wasn't just the Aztecs that used corn smut. The Native American Hopi and Zuni tribes have also been using it for centuries in cooking and for medicinal and ceremonial purposes. The Hopi tribe called it nanha, harvesting it when young and at its most tenor. And the Zuni tribe considered it to be a symbol of life. So the alien corn isn't so bad after all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's probably one of those things that's kind of an acquired taste, just like anything else. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like anytime you travel and you go to try a new culture's food, there's always something where like at first you're like, oh, like this isn't what I'm used to. But if you can go in there with the mindset of trying it to see how you like it, then you can at least taste it. But know that like some things it's just acquired. (laughs) You almost have to grow up with it. So I'm curious if corn smut is one of those things. I can't speak on that because I haven't gotten to try it yet, but sometime soon, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So outside of Mexico, you can buy corn truffles from specialist Mexican grocers, such as Mestizo Market, and it often comes canned or frozen. So you can actually buy this. I'm going to do that for the pod. So I'll report back. (laughs) And you can find it fresh in markets between May and November because that's when it's in season to be consumed fresh. Otherwise, the other options are how you got to get it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we do Taco Tuesday here like every Tuesday. So maybe I will have to do that as well and just not tell Matt what it is. (laughs) Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I won't tell my kids what it is. They're pretty adventurous, so... I think even if I told them, they'd just be like, (laughs) My Pet Chicken's mission is to make life easy and fun for urban and backyard chicken owners with our line of products, free information, tools, and resources. And boy, do they deliver. You can mix and match a wide variety of chicken breeds in your order. And if you're not sure which chickens are right for you, there's a handy pick a chicken breed selector tool. They also sell goslings and ducklings if you want to add some waddling additions to your farm. There's a wealth of information on their website to support you as a chicken keeper. Go to mypetchicken.com slash drinkandfarm to put in your chick, duckling, or gosling order. 
That link lets them know that we sent you, and it's a great way to support the podcast while fulfilling all of your poultry addiction needs. So, clearly Bev and I know nothing of what this corn smut actually tastes like, but we did pull some great resources today, and one of them did kind of describe what it's like. So apparently the corn smut taste is very similar to other varieties of mushroom. So if you like mushrooms, that might kind of lead you (laughs) to be brave and try this. It has an earthy flavor, and it's combined with the taste of corn. So it means that while it's similar to other mushrooms, it's also very unique. This is one of the reasons why it's so prized in Mexico and Latin America. So texture is the next piece of information that's kind of important to prepare yourself with, especially if you're a texture person, and I tend to be. (laughs) I am too. (laughs) So Huida La Croce is very soft and spongy, but it's so delicate it doesn't even need chopping because you can just gently pull it apart. So if you're harvesting your own corn smut, it should be picked when it's spongy and soft if it becomes too firm, it loses that rich earthy flavor and becomes bitter. So timing is everything. Yeah. (laughs) And we've already touched on color a little bit. So we know that when it's cooked and gets hot, it becomes black. (laughs) Dishes that contain it usually have a dark hue. So that can be a little strange and surprising, but we're telling you about it now. So if you do have like a partner or your kids trying it, it might be worth letting them know that this is going to look a little different than what you're used to eating. And that's okay. Yeah. And if you're feeling brave, like we are, because we're both going to do it, I think, eventually, (laughs) you're probably wondering, how can you use it? Well, because it's a fungus, you can basically use it in place of mushrooms in pretty much any recipe that you want to give it a try in. So you can use them whole or tear them apart with your fingers. And you could also saute them in a pan and add salt and spices. And they're ready to eat as they are. So you can just eat them plain. You don't necessarily have to put them in anything. But they're really common to be added to like quesadillas, tamales, and other Mexican recipes. Or you can like drop them into your sauce saute them with onions yeah that does sound really good like if you're making spaghetti just like yes spaghetti would be a good one i was thinking Mm -hmm. enchiladas too oh yeah that would Mm -hmm. be really good you would just want to saute them with onions and garlic and then you can build your sauce up from there onions Mm -hmm. and garlic are like the flavor profile like the beginning flavor profile for basically every sauce (laughs) yes and it goes well with different flavors but is particularly delicious with cheese so now i'm sold yes (laughs) anything with cheese so that's why my brain goes immediately to enchilada yeah because you can mix it in there with your beef or your chicken and your cheese and you probably won't even be able to tell (laughs) yeah i've got a great recipe for a fried rice that uses um mushrooms and onions and squash so Mm -hmm. like something like that would probably be really good also pretty much i mean we use mushrooms in so many things because we eat a lot of them here so yeah. I like it. All right. So that's it for corn smut. Yeah. But I guess before we really wrap it up, I wonder how they came up with the name corn smut. Because whenever I think of smut, I think of like a dirty romance novel. Well, so that's actually a really great question. That name probably came from someone who wasn't familiar with like the more delicacy side 
of uh-huh. the fungus. And so they automatically went to a negative word. So I realize now, like through this whole podcast episode, we probably could have just called them corn truffles because that's like a fancier yes. word for what they are. Because they, I mean, they do kind of look like truffles. <laughs> yeah. Instead of calling it basically like raven shit mm-hmm. and corn smut. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we can, smut could be kind of romanticized if you think about it in the way of dirty novels. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you're looking mm. for on that day, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are you looking for fancy truffles? Or are you looking for smut? I mean, this ah. will be both for you. Yeah. Is it a Fifty Shades of Grey kind of day? <laughs> <laughs> or is it like Gone with the Wind? Yeah. Or the Good Titanic. Question. Titanic is, yeah, probably iconic for our group. <laughs> and not nearly as racist. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. So, Bev, what can't you even about this week? All right, so mine is an article from the BBC, and it's Frisky Male Landudnogoats Get Stuck Pursuing Females. Oh, <laughs> it's that time of year, too. It is. It's totally that time of year. So apparently a herd of goats that wanted to get frisky with some other goats were saved after rescuers built a stairway made out of hay bales from the bottom of a cliff. So what happened was two in-season female goats were chased off the Great Ormy Headland in Landudno, Conwy Country. County. Conwy County. (laughs) (laughs) By 18 frisky billy goats. I don't blame these ladies for running. <laughs> Mm-mm. And Kid Goat had also become stranded as well. Aww. And they're saying that if they hadn't been able to come up with a rescue plan to get these goats out of this area, they would have starved or drowned. So they are a wild herd of about 122 Kashmiri goats, and they spend most of their time on the cliffs of the Great Ormy, which is a county park and nature reserve in Conwy County. But they have been known to go into town when the weather is bad. (laughs) Oh. They like to visit town, too. Yes. (laughs) So the goats were spotted on the unstable rocks near the sea, locally known as Austin's Rock before the weekend, but all 21 have walked safely back to where they belong thanks to this innovative rescue mission. So, oh my gosh, there's some adorable photos of it. They're just like, these goats, these goats just like basically wandered into sea rocks and got stuck, (laughs) essentially, and couldn't find their way back. So these rescuers hatched a plan to make sure that they could oh get gosh. back, which is really cool. I always love, I always love hearing stuff like that. They they do look like a stranded bunch in these photos, don't they? They're just yes. like hanging out. They're just like, mm, dude, guys, guys, <laughs> don't think we're supposed to be here. <laughs> so what is your can't even this week? So mine is also goat related. Oh hey, so it's Day of the Goat apparently. Mine is a really short article from NPR about how goats are being used to prevent wildfires in Ireland. Hmm. So the hills in Ireland are covered in dry shrub called grouse or gorse. Gorse? Gorse. Like horse, but with a G. Gorse. Yeah, because grouse are birds. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
we're avoiding a correction corner here. <laughs> <laughs> so gorse is responsible for a lot of fires there, and goats love to eat gorse. So mm. this is a little bit of a transcript, or you can listen to it. But essentially, they're letting the goats do their thing in little areas, and they have about a crew of 25 females for this one herd that the interviewer is talking about. And they all wear, like, little GPS tracking collars so they can find them all. But basically, they let them free range after about a week or two in an area to help prevent more fires. Because land management and forest management is all very important when it comes to wildfires. So, yeah. And a lot of people don't necessarily think about it. But once you hear somebody say that, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, we should be managing that situation to the best of our ability. And why not use goats? Yeah. Goats are or a great cows. way yeah. to do that. Yeah. I've heard they're starting to use cows for that sort of thing now, too. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's basically, like, free feed yes. for the animals. Like They're recycling. They're eating things that we can't. So. Yeah. I like it. So win-win. And less fires. Hooray. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I thought that was really cool. I love Ireland. And I love goats. So I was like, this is the perfect can't even for this week. I like it. So make sure you send us your can't evens. You can drop those in our Facebook group. We drink and we farm things. Use hashtag can't even and we'll pull those together to the best of our ability. Facebook makes it a little difficult now. <laughs> but we talk about at least a good handful of them in our minisodes that happen once a month. And be sure and leave us a review because we read one Apple Podcast review on the show per week and that person gets entered into a drawing for an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. So Sam, would you like to tell us who our winner is? Yes, our winner for September 2021 is Donna, aka Country Cutie 870 over on Instagram. So make sure you send us a message over on Instagram or Facebook, whatever is easiest for you. Send us your full name and address so we can send you that mug. Super pumped for you, Donna. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) And we do have our first October review, Bev, if you would like to read that to our lovely listeners. Yes, this review is from at Ashley Davis 2406, and the title is Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> we <laughs> love <are> it. Cheerleaders. <laughs> I can't tell you how much fun this podcast is to listen to and learn. I have dreamed my entire life of having a farm, and finally at 33, it's becoming true, and we have our farm. I've been a listener for a while, and I love this podcast so much that I'm a Patreon member. I love navigating this new way of life and feel like I have cheerleaders by my side when I listen to you. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Go team! Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is so exciting, Ashley. (laughs) Yes. All right, so just a few housekeeping items before we close this thing down for today. Make sure you go over to Patreon and subscribe as a patron. You can go directly to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm. The reason you want to do this, at least at the $5 level or above, is because we have an exclusive series called Straight No Chaser. We just recorded all of October. So we have like over 20 episodes now, and there's going to be more coming every single week. We try to keep those between 5 and 10 minutes. 
but it's just a short topic. You get more of us. So if you really, really like us, it's a great way to support the podcast and get more content. Yeah. And they're super fun. I love the October. Uh, yes. The October ones are so good. <laughs> yes. So be sure and hit that follow, subscribe, or like. I don't know. Maybe there's a wave button nowadays. Mm-hmm. Just not the poke <laughs> button. We don't like that. No. <laughs> I get freaked out when people poke me on Facebook. That is so like 2006. Is that still a thing? Mm-hmm. Ew, they should stop that. <laughs> but when you do that, this helps more people like you find the podcast. And do us a favor and share that you're listening to us over on Instagram in your stories. And when you do that, tag us at Drink and Farm. You're going to get a certain percentage off in the shop promo code if you do that. And our October shirt is live now. And you're going to want it because it's Halloween themed. Ah! Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to hit my mic. So make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to the articles we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing, all our social media goodness and our merch, and there will be a link to our YouTube and all of the other things so you can have more fun hanging out with us. (laughs) Yeah. So that's it for today. We hope you have a wonderful first day of October. And until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm.